Good morning, friends, and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. We're here to celebrate you and worship God for the gift of dads. So let's do a little exercise. Why don't everybody, all the dads stand up, all right? All the dads stand up. All right. Uh, now, if you're over 30, remain standing. If you're over 40, remain standing. If you're over 50, remain standing. If you're over 60, remain standing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, if you're over 65, remain standing. Uh, over 70, remain standing. All right. Over 75, remain standing. Okay. Uh, over uh, 80, remain standing. Oh, oh, you guys got to get up again. Unless there's somebody else out there. Okay. How old are you? 78. We still have some over there, 80. And how old was, oh, oh, over here, I'm sorry. Who's the oldest here? 87, oh my. All right. You get a free coupon for the cafe for anything you want there, sir. It's just great to have Shirley and Channing with us. Uh, I just, I just have an unbelievable respect for them. Uh, they, they'll do anything to come out to church. I mean, they, they'll just do anything to make it here, and uh, it's just a beautiful thing. And we appreciate your commitment to worshiping uh, the Lord. Now let's uh, have all men with children under five stand. All men with children under five. Children under five. Okay. Uh, Now under four, remain standing. Under three, remain standing. Under two, remain standing. All right. Under one, remain standing. Okay. Looks like we have a winner. Come on down. (laughs) <laughs> Dan, ask how old the baby is. Eight months. Congratulations. All right. Now, we know that life begins at conception, so uh, we have some dads that have uh, their babies uh, in vitro. Anybody like that? Anybody? Okay, right here. Jennifer Parks. Joe and Jennifer Parks. Anybody else? All right. Well, how many other kids you guys have? Three. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> well, it's fun to talk about dads. They play such an important role uh, in our lives. And a lot of dads already got their Father's Day present. And you'll see it right here on the screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Blackhawks, yeah. Uh, weren't they amazing? This amazing series in 2010, 2013, 2015. I'm, I'm feeling like it's the Bulls in the 90s. <laughs> you know, our Chicago teams don't win that many times consecutively, and the Cubs never win. So all I had to say is that uh, you'll see a picture here of the celebration uh, that was going down in Chicago. Uh, everybody was there, and that was a great, great victory celebration. You see another picture here of, uh, again, 
That's Stanley Cup, which is taken all over town. So how many would say that was your Father's Day gift, guys? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm not a big hockey fan, but I got my Father's Day gift on Friday when Larry Brackett, who's an old friend of ours, and Kathy Brackett, who's been involved in our children's ministry for years and served on staff, well, he's a pilot for American Airlines. And he just recently, about a year ago, got his helicopter license. Now, he was renting this helicopter for a special occasion. And it wasn't Pastor Rich and I. <laughs> but he had to pick it up in Kenosha. So he said, hey, you guys want to come along? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we drove up to Kenosha. And uh, you'll see a picture here of uh, Larry and myself and uh, the helicopter we were flying in. And uh, in the next picture, uh, you'll see Rich there. Uh, there's been a lot of debate about what I'm doing back there. Uh, this was on Facebook. Some people thought I was praying. Some people thought I was preparing my message. I was actually trying to prepare my camera for wonderful pictures. <laughs> the next picture, you'll see Springbrook. Oh, that was awesome uh, to see Springbrook from that vantage point. Isn't that beautiful, huh? It just reminds me uh, how God has uh, built his lighthouse there for anybody who wants to come in and, and uh, experience his healing through uh, the gospel. And another picture here. Uh, now, we've got our glorious shed in the back, and uh, it took a long time to put up uh, because of the government. But all that to say, we also had some guys working in the shed this weekend. Is that slide there? There they are. All right. Uh, Billy and Kurt. Those guys are a dynamic duo. I mean, they they just get the jobs done uh, together. Such a blessing. In the next slide, you'll see one of the just pictures I took of the landscape. And if you look down in the left corner here, you'll see a grove of trees. And I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, here I see the big picture of what it looks like. Uh, and I kind of compared it uh, to my sons. I've got a 24-year-old, 22-year-old, and 20-year-old. And so um, uh, past the teenage stage. But I was thinking about that as I grew up, you know, or as I raised them and Lori, uh, you know, you can't see that picture. All you can see is that you're <laughs> caring for this tree, you know, you're trimming it, you're watering it, whatever you might do uh, with a tree. And sometimes it can see, so, seem so monotonous. I was talking with Cheryl Kai yesterday, and she was trying to get her kids to help around the house, which they did until she stepped out. <laughs> But I remember those days. Now, they did a good job of cleaning up. But it's just kind of funny to hear the repertoire between her and the kids. Uh, yeah, what we need to realize, dads, is that we need to see the big picture. So many times we're just so engrossed with the details that we don't take a look at the big picture or remind ourselves. Fathers leave a lasting impression on the lives of their children. Listen closely, dads. Fathers leave a lasting impression on the lives 
of their children. In fact, the counselor Norman Wright said, your father is still influencing you today, probably more than you realize. Your present thoughts and feelings about yourself and your present relationship in many ways reflects your father's impact upon you. As adults or older, you really realize how true that is. Well, we've been uh, going through a series in the book of James called Wisdom for Life. Uh, taking a break here for Father's Day, but we're going to continue to talk about wisdom by looking at the book of Proverbs written by Solomon, who is the wisest man uh, that ever lived. An amazing book. It's just short, pithy phrases that, that communicate a lot. In fact, the word father is mentioned 26 times in the book of Proverbs. And it's never mentioned in a negative way. <laughs> so we want to encourage you dads uh, today. Now, usually with a proverb, you'll have one statement, and then you have another statement that contrasts it, or you have similar statements. So let's look at Proverbs 17:6. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their father. I was talking with my mother-in-law, uh, who's 80 years old, and she has 38 grandchildren and great-grandchildren. <laughs> She's about the top 40 soon. <laughs> Just remembering all the names. But grand, grandparents and granddads, you play such a critical role. And as I've talked with different people who are grandparents uh, here at Springbrook, boy, I tell you, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job of loving your grandchildren and it's hard when they live far away, but you just you got FaceTime now and all those types of Internet applications. And uh, so thank you. Thank you, granddads, uh, for keeping those relationships important and uh, underscoring or maybe telling them about Jesus for the first time. Maybe your, your kids, uh, your child didn't come to Christ, uh, but you play a critical role. Your prayers are so important and your presence so grandchildren are the crown of the aged. So that's kind of their legacy. And then it goes on to say the glory of children is their fathers. So the glory of children. Glory means to respect something. And uh, the idea of glory is that glory lingers after a father is gone. Lasting legacy of a great dad. Lasting legacy of a great dad is summarized in the word glory. So who my dad was, and he loved the Lord, he had such a big compassionate heart. Well, he modeled those things for me, among others, and he taught me. And therefore, when you see those things in my life, I'm just revealing, in a sense, the glory of my dad, the legacy that you know, he's built into me. So when you think about that as a dad, I was like, wow, that's a really important responsibility. And as we go through this time together, I, like we talk about, we're looking for progress and not perfection, right? Uh, you'll listen to some of these things. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Listen to the Holy Spirit and just ask him what the next step is for you in becoming a better dad. And again, it could be anything. But just listen to the Holy Spirit and he'll point that out. 
Now, Proverbs, uh, again, talks a lot about dads and talks really about three different roles of a father. The roles of a father is a faithful provider. That's the first one, a faithful provider. Now, typically, not always, but men are the providers, uh, the main providers for uh, the family. Proverbs 19.14, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So there we see a contrast. The nature of honor and wealth are passed down by the fathers. That's normal. But what's not normal is a prudent wife who is from the Lord. That's a real gift because not all wives are prudent. So we look again. House and wealth are inherited from fathers. That's the idea that the father's role is to provide, is to provide shelter, is to provide resources for their children, uh, to help them out, difficult times, and then also to make sure that they have the basics in life, like food and clothes and an iPhone for any kid over five. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But all I have to say is that thank you, dads. Thank you. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And it's an important role. I see in 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse, worse than an unbeliever. That's quite a statement, isn't it? So thank you, dads, for providing for us. And one of the things is, because dad might go off to work, some might have the benefit of working in their basement, but <laughs> kids especially don't fully appreciate what you do and the sacrifices you make. I mean, just, let's talk about the commute. I looked this up on the Internet. This is average com- commuting times uh, from our area. Uh, the darker uh, color is about 38 miles. And then uh, if you get in the lighter color, it's about 32 miles. So I should have the dads stand up. I'm going to keep you guys exercising today. Okay, come on. Come on. Keep you awake. Keep you alive. All right. If you have a commute over 30 minutes, uh, stay standing. If you have a commute over 45 minutes, stay standing. Over an hour. Okay. Over an hour and 15 What are you at? Okay. All right. Well, oh, what are you at? I'm sorry, I missed you there. Two hours. Where are you driving to? What? Okay. Well, let's give him a coupon. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Give him all a coupon. But isn't that just a great way? How am I going to kick off my day? I'm going to spend an hour in the car with people who don't know how to drive and <laughs> traffic and congestion. And it can even be longer days because, or longer trips because of the weather or whatever. And then when you're all done working, what do you get to do? You get to get back in the car or the train and you get to ride back. Just a great way to start your day and end your day. <laughs> Thank you, dads. Thank you so much 
They're putting up with difficult bosses and difficult co-workers and office politics and uh, just being overwhelmed sometimes. I mean, of course, uh, companies are reducing their staff, and so instead of you working one job, you're working two jobs, right? So there's just a lot of stress, of course, in relationship to work, and we just want to thank you today for everything you do, for all the hours you put in, for all the hassles. And again, the kids aren't much aware of anything. Uh, but as you grow older, then you start to, okay, yeah, wow, my dad really sacrificed a lot to invest in me. <laughs> I heard about a dad uh, who was a little tight with the money. And so he went to the store, and there was a brown belt and a black belt, but the brown belt was $5 cheaper. So he thought he'd buy that one and dye it black. Anybody out there? <laughs> okay. So he gets home, and he takes out the dye, and it spills onto the counter, onto the floor, onto the robe that his family had gotten him for Father's Day. <laughs> About a thousand dollars later, <laughs> he got his black belt. He uh, tried to put it on; it was two inches short because it had shrunk. <laughs> Dads, we need to learn to be generous with our families. We need to learn to be uh, extravagant at times with our family. It's important to have a budget. We're going to live by a budget, but uh, just to show. Uh, your love and God's love uh, to them is very important. The third thing that dads are, or second thing that is, is boundary keepers. Boundary keepers. We look at Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight. Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Now, back in that day, very rocky region, a lot of quarries. And so they would usually mark out their territory as a tribe with these huge boulders that would sit there for millennia. And uh, when I was thinking about this, I think a thought behind it is that we are not to remove the moral fence that should be around our kids based on the Word of God. Now, of course, when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, the moral fence was still up to some degree, but uh, in the years that have gone by, that fence has been dismantled. And you hardly can find parts of it. That's why it's so important that we pray for our kids. We should be praying for the Supreme Court who's making a decision on whether... Homosexual marriage is legal. Uh, the Bible is very clear about the fact uh, that it's wrong. And if they say that it's legal, well, the more the fence goes down. And You see, God designed marriage in the family. And when you start fooling around with it, you're going to cause a lot of trouble. It's going to cause a lot of pain in our world. I mean, the, the implications of making uh, homosexual marriage legal 
are just, if you go into the future and read people who are experts in it, it's very concerning. So just be praying. Just be praying uh, that they uh, would have God's wisdom as they think through this. Children need boundaries in order to feel secure. You kind of think it would be the opposite, right? Well, children don't, they want to do anything they want. So they'd feel great if you said, hey, do what you feel today. Anything. Run out in the street. Now, they, they do it, right? But again, for a child to feel secure, the better boundaries you have up. Now, they might not say, oh, thanks for the security, Dad. Thanks for that boundary over there. But you know that it's going to protect them, and someday they'll grow up and appreciate that you had those Boundaries, Because every day, moms and dads, you are building a child's character to the power of God. And it's all the little moments, the teachable moments, the moments when a kid is struggling. You always, things, you always bring things back to the center and say, hey, God loves us. He's in control. We can pray about this. We can look in the Bible and and see if there's wisdom there about this particular uh, situation. That's how you build a strong character in a child. I'm so proud of our ministry and Justin. Uh, we have two events uh, that are overnight uh, for kids and teaching them about purity. Emily Phillips and uh, her team has pink, and then uh, uh, I think uh, Justin has uh, Hero Up. And those particular retreats are specifically designed to teach the biblical definition about sexual relationships and relationships with the opposite sex. And don't they need that? Oh, my. (laughs) As you look at our society and the media, uh, they're not getting it there. And so, again, we want to help and encourage you in your parenting responsibilities. So, dads... I want to commend all of you for any time you've taken time to talk to your child about spiritual things, the Bible with them, prayed with them. That is great. Just keep doing that. And if you haven't been doing it, start doing it. Okay? Never too late. Never too late. I can still disciple my sons when they're 50. I'm so wrong. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so the the role of a dad is to be a careful instructor. You read through the book of Proverbs, which I would encourage you you dads to do. 31 chapters, one chapter a month. I mean, for years people have read Proverbs, you know, 12 times a year. They'll take a chapter for every day as they read through the Bible. But they'll always do a half hour, uh, chapter of Proverbs and then uh, some of the Psalms because it's just a good mix of wisdom and everyday life counsel. So, we have a section in the book of Proverbs called My Son Section. So it's a dad talking to his child. I'm so glad to have the high schoolers, middle schoolers here today. Well, good to have you guys, and I just really encourage you to listen carefully because you're in that role right now. You are a learner. 
You're a learner. And your dad is one of the most important people you can learn from. Proverbs 1.8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your heart attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. So for our teens, as you look at that verse, would you say that you treasure up your father's wisdom? You keep your ear attentive to it. You always ask him for advice. I mean, your parents know a lot. I know we all go through a phase where we don't think our parents know anything. That's <laughs> just, of course, not true. Now, it might be a different take on things. You might have to interpret it. But at the same time, making your ear attentive to wisdom. Now, you might think, hey, the best thing is to do what I want. But, oh, no, that's not the best thing to do. The best thing to do is follow the commands of Scripture and the wisdom of your parents. And inclining your heart to understanding. You know, kids, I would encourage you just to be teachable. That's what he's saying here. Be teachable. And willing to listen to your mom and dad. And you can have dialogue back and forth. But you're under their cover and protection. So it's important that you walk with them. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Justin. He's just a great youth pastor. We're so blessed to have him. And Emily Phillips and others who work with our youth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. You help kids sort out what a walk with Christ means in the midst of a very dark society. Again, we're here to help you, but mom and dad, you are on the front line. You are responsible for the spiritual instruction of your children. Proverbs uh, Proverbs 3, 21. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. I want life for my soul. I want my soul to be strong. So I'm going to listen to what my parents have to say. Proverbs for one, hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. I know it's tough for teens, but, you know, just... Look at some of these scriptures. Keep this in your room and and go over it. And even though it might seem irritating and they're trying to, you know, control you or something of that nature, come back to the wisdom of God. They love you. They want to protect you. They want to grow, help you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the wisdom of the Word. Now, again, sometimes... Uh, they might not be presented in that way, uh, depending on your relationship. But that's the bottom line. They love you. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. They're going to get angry. They're going to say things, do things. But you've got to give them a lot, a lot of lax because they're your mom and dad. Uh, Proverbs six twenty through 22. My son, keep your commandments and forsake not your mother's teaching. You got the duo there. Bind them on your heart always. 
Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. See, the idea of very close to the heart and the mind. When you walk, they will lead you. These are really uh, interesting uh, analogies. When you walk, they will lead you. When you, uh, when you lie down, they will watch over you. Isn't that interesting? But teens, as you think about the wisdom that your mom and dad give you based on Scripture, you know, it's going to protect you even when you're sleeping. And when you awake, they will talk with you. So again, I'm a product of my dad. Right? Good and bad. But again, he taught me so many things about life and about the Word of God. My mother did. And I'm just, just so graced to, to grow up in the family uh, that I did. So it's important just to continue to remember high schoolers and middle schoolers that your parents are put there for a reason. And you need to pray to the Lord that you might be able to understand them and uh, work with them and submit to them. There's so many things, of course, that you can help your child through. Of course, choosing friends is very important. Choosing friends, you know, as they grew up, you know, we always had friends over first. No, you didn't go to their house. You come to our house, okay, because we wanted to get a feel for who this person is because we knew that the wrong friend could lead, lead a, our child uh, astray very quickly. Then, then you've got just the peer pressure. I'll remember that from being a teen. You want to be in the group. And, again, being a Christ follower kind of puts you on the outside. So therefore, you really have to pray for your child and, and, and teach them and encourage them when they say, no, I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to do that. And that's a great victory in a child's life. And you get, have to give them that perspective that we're just strangers in this world. See, Farrar tells a story in his book, Point Man, about a photographer who is uh, assigned to get pictures of a forest fire. And he got there, and it was just too smoky. He said, you got to send me a plane. So they sent a plane uh, to this rural airport. And he drives in, and there's a plane warming up. And he jumps in, and he says, let's go. And so the pilot takes off and says, now I want to do like three passes over the north side of the fire. And the pilot says, Why? Because I'm a photographer, and I take pictures. Come on! You mean you're not the instructor? <laughs> I tell you what. Going through life without parents and grandparents instructing you is uh, it's a recipe for a lot of pain. A lot of pain. All right? So, dads, you're the instructor. You might say, well, I'm not, you know, I don't know that much. Well, you don't need to know that much. All you have to do is start out with Proverbs and give your insights on it. And talk to Pastor Justin. He can give you other resources. But, again, it's interesting. The power 
of the influence of a father. Again, we know that if the mother attends church, uh, there's a percentage of kids that will continue to attend church. But if the father attends church, it's a much higher percentage. So there's something about the power of a a father's words. We talk about a father room where a father didn't love you or show you affection. And uh, yeah, there's just something missing there that was supposed to be there, but wasn't. So dads, I'm going to encourage you to, to keep on instructing your kids. And again, we're, we're here to support you. That's why we call this a disciple-making community. I just am so thankful again uh, that my boys were raised here at Springbrook uh, because of all the godly people uh, who are here that spoke into their lives. And uh, they have the foundation. And they have it through us. But they also have it through you. And that's the way God intends it. We're to grow up in a community that is discipling one another. Well, let's move on uh, to the third role of a father, leaders in love. Dad, you're supposed to be the leaders in love in your family. Now, what's the most important relationship that you have on this earth? It's with your wife. That's more important than your kids because you have become one flesh with your wife and that's the way marriage was designed. And statistically, the way you treat your wife is the way your sons are going to treat their wives or what their, your daughters are going to expect from a husband. Oh. And that's a lot of responsibility. Well, by constantly praying that God would give you wisdom, you just need to build that relationship with your wife. Continue to spend time together. And it, a lot of divorces happen at empty nest when the kids are gone. So well, what do we got in common? But don't let that happen. Continue to nurture the relationship. Continue to love her. And continue to show physical expression in front of the kids, you know. And hug her, kiss her, tickle her, or whatever, you know. Uh, and and again, teenagers say, oh, man, get a room, you know. Oh, really? Oh, that's making me sick. But you know what? They love it. They do love it. Can any kids say they love it? Okay. Well, you don't even know that you love it. But ten years from now... Hey, I love that. I love the way my dad treated my mom. And, man, it's so important to guard our eyes and mind in regards to sex. Let me read uh, Proverbs five fifteen uh, through 20. It says, Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, 
with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> you like that? Go to Song of Solomon. When I was a preteen, I, I liked Song of Solomon. <laughs> it talks about the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. So all that to say is that yeah, the Bible is just straight out about this stuff. Now, would you rather sit down with your child and explain what that's about at the proper age, or would you rather have them learn it from the TV set or the web or from their friends? That's how God spells it out. And, man, when you, when you see that picture, at least I think, why would anybody want to do that? And I know why, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's what marriage is all about, a man and a wife enjoying each other. Uh, all their lives. And again, if you're, I mean, going out to the culture where, again, sex has been taken out of the, the box it was meant for and twisted in all different types of ways, that, that's why you need to teach your children this stuff. You need to show them the Bible talks about romance and a sexual relationship. Well, you also need to lead, lead in love and your relationship with your children. Proverbs 23, 24 through 25. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. That should be your desire with your parents. That you would rejoice in them. That you would thank them. That you would appreciate all that they're doing for you. And, Dad, it is so important that you continue to show affirmation, appreciation, encouragement to your kids, no matter how old they might be. Sometimes dads feel uncomfortable, you know, like over the age of 12, okay, no hugging. (laughs) Oh, what are you talking about? That's when the kids need you the most. Did you know that? Of all the phases of life, your teenagers need you more than they ever have. And, of course, it's, it's kind of a challenge because they, they're kind of moving away from you, trying to form their own independence. But they need to know that you're there, that you love them, that you support them, that you're going to help them, that you are number one to them, dads. That is so critical for stability when they're, again, experiencing all these pressures. Uh, from the world. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So, dads, that's to you. You're to be the lead lover in the family. All right? You're to be the person who is set in the pace. You say, well, Dan, I'm not that kind of guy. Oh, I understand. You don't have to be like your wife. You just need to pick up your game a little bit. You need to say, I love you to your kids every day. I love you. That's common in the Harrison household. You know, somebody leaves, I love you, I love you. You know, in other situations, but we're always expressing that uh, to our children and our children to us because that, again, gives them a solid foundation to build their lives upon. Some of you are familiar with Bing Crosby, uh, a singer and movies and things of that nature back in the day. Well, he had several sons, and Lindsey Crosby, the youngest son of Bing Crosby, died of a self-inflicted gunshot at age 51. 
His father was busy making films and singing for the world, and tragically, he forgot the boys at home. Lindsay said this uh, before his death, I never expected affection from my dad, so it didn't matter when he didn't show it. Well, it did matter, right? He took his life because of that lack of affection and whether whatever issues were going on in his life. So, Dad, yeah, it's so hard to to balance work and family and church and all that kind of stuff, but just continue to do everything you can for your family and to make them a priority. It's so easy to get caught up in a career and moving ahead, and uh, but those are the years your kids really need you to balance that out. Fathers leave a lasting impression on the lives of their children. Let me tell you a story about George Jager. He and his elderly dad and three sons, 15 and under, went out for a fishing trip on the Atlantic Ocean. And as they got out there, a storm started to move in. And the engine stalled, and it wouldn't start again. And the wind picked up, and the waves picked up, and at some point he realized that the boat was going to sink. So they all put life vests on, three boys, elderly father, and then he tied a rope around them, and they jumped into the black Atlantic Ocean. And again, it was a storm. that They really couldn't move anywhere because of the six-feet swells of the waves and the undercurrents. And they continued to try. And eventually, the youngest Clifford, he uh, gagged and retched and died. And the next boy. And the next boy. And finally his dad. They all died right there. In Atlantic Ocean. He says, I realized they were all dead. My three boys and my father. But I didn't want to accept it. So I kept swimming all day long. He later said to reporters, my youngest Clifford was the first one to go. I had always taught our children not to fear death because it meant being with Jesus Christ before uh, being with Jesus Christ. And before Cliff, di- before Cliff died, I heard him say, I'd rather be with Jesus than go on fighting. Here's this little kid, right? He's been trained up in the Lord, became a Christ follower, and he's out in the middle of this disastrous place. And his father is just across from him, and that's the last thing he says. I'm good, Dad. I'm going to be with Jesus. Friends, that is the glory of the Father.
Dads, your role is so important. And again, I want you to leave this place feeling encouraged and also saying, hey, where can I pick up my game? As you listen, the Holy Spirit pointed out different things in your life. Maybe you're not even a Christ follower. Come on down with our prayer team. We'd love to uh, tell you more about what that means. That's the first step. But just pick out one area and say, Holy Spirit, help me uh, to do this better or help me to put more time into that because we're all a work in progress, right? All right. Now let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for dads. I want to thank you for my dad. I've had several years ago. You made such an impact on my life. And uh, Lord, my desire as a pastor is to shepherd men into the fathers you desire them to be. Thank you for Pastor Rich leading our men's ministry, carrying that out. The father is so critically important in a child's spiritual development. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would sweep through men's souls today and that they would understand that in a new way. They'd see the big picture of what's going on and why they need to continue to discipline, they need to encourage, they need to train. Because nobody can take the place of a dad. In Christ's name, amen.